0: Welcome to Declaration, where we exist to help people encounter and follow Jesus. Here at Declaration, we believe that God has a word for you and for your family to live a life of fullness and to be faithful to Christ and His church. If you want to know more about who we are at Declaration Church, then I highly encourage you to visit declaration.org. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm going to try to, well, I'll just tell you this story. There's a, there's a, a, a lady uh, and she had a bunch of people, she invited a bunch of people over to her house for a dinner party. And, you know, a lot of things go into a dinner party, and so she's setting it up, and, and uh, they get to the dinner, and everybody's there, and, you know, new people are there, and they're meeting them for the first time, and and uh, they sit down to, to eat the meal, and, and uh, the little her little girl, Susie, had said, hey, Mom, I'd like, to, I'd like to, to, to pray tonight before the meal. She said, that'd be great. So they sit down, and she says, okay, Susie, would you like to pray? And Susie leans over, and she goes, I'm, she got nervous because there's so many new people, and she said, I, I don't. I don't know what to say. And and her mom says, Well, Susie, you just you just say what I say. And so they, they all bowed their heads and, and little Susie, Susie said, Dear Jesus, why did I invite so many people to my house? <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. Hey, five, six, if you're in the house. Five-six, let's clap them out. Head to your classroom. And while we're clapping, let's welcome everybody who is online as well. Thank you guys for joining us. Man, worship is so good today. I really just kind of wanted to sit there for a while, um, and, and it, was, it was great. Now we're going to move on to the message. So we're in, this, uh, we're in this series called Pray First, so I thought it was fitting that we prayed first. Thanks. Uh, listen, that's the best you're going to get today, so help me out. All right? Um, yeah, we've been in this series called Pray First, and today we want to look at uh, building a life, building our life on prayer. And I'll be really honest with you, I'm, I'm preparing this message and I'm going through and I'm like, well, it's pretty simple. And it is. It's very simple. In fact, you should build your life on prayer. See you later. Um, I mean, it's really simple, right? Um, but it's, it's sometimes, sometimes we have to look at our lives and readjust, reprioritize, get ourselves into a position to go, you're right, I am committed to prayer because it does make a difference. So we're going to look today really at one thing, that, that prayer makes the difference in. It impacts everything that we do, but it's, it's one specific thing. And here's what we're going like to do. I'd like to give you a heads up. We're going to look at um, uh, the ploy of the enemy, one of the ploys of the enemy, one of, one of the ways the enemy attacks us. And then we're going to look at the antidote to that, or what, uh, what God has given us to overcome that ploy, and it works 100% of the time. It's amazing. It's amazing. Sound good? All right. Three people are with me. The rest of you just hang on. It'll be over soon, I promise. Um, Okay, if you could, if you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah 4 is where we're going to be. while you're turning, I want to read just a few verses that I want to set the context of this Old Testament scripture, okay? And the first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3-6. through It says, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. I love that verbiage, demolition, because it follows it up right here. We demolish... They cease to exist. Arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And then in Ephesians 6 verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens, what would life look like if we took the posture of every time we have a conflict think about your last conflict that you had okay if we took that took that conflict in Ephesians six and second Corinthians ten into that filter then i'm actually i'm not fi- I'm not mad at you we're just we're having a disagreement, but it's actually something else that's worked its way in and working against us. This is what we're going to talk about today. All right. Now in Nehemiah four, Nehemiah is is coordinating and organizing the build the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, so rebuilding the city. I thought it was fitting that we're in pray first. That we're talking about Nehemiah four. <clears throat> I promise, my voice will only crack maybe thirty more times today. Um, and they're rebuilding the walls, and we're. Building a building. But more than building a building, we're actually building ministry. And, and building ministry, we're building people. That's ministry. Ministry is people. It's not something that we do. It's not something that we go to. Church is not, not a place that we come, although it is. It's people. Okay? So this is this is the context. All right. Nehemiah 4, starting in verse 7. When Senballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs... Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, they became furious. Okay, I'm gonna stop right there and say, We are declaration is growing. We are we are putting things in place so that we can handle what God has called us to handle. And it's happening. I, I can assure you it's happening. Gaps are being closed within declaration. Okay, to handle what God's got for us, and the enemy here—they're named Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites. They're the enemy. The enemy is getting furious. We've already—we've been seeing it. Okay, they're getting furious. Here we go. Verse eight. They, meaning the enemy, all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. I read that verse, and that verse just just went off like a like a bomb. Their goal here is not necessarily even to destroy it. Their goal was just to stop it. And the way that they were going to do it was they were going to come in to the team that's building the rebuilding the walls and throw them into confusion. That was their goal. Verse nine. So we prayed to our God, prayed first, and stationed a guard because of them day and night. And if I can get there, I will come back to that verse. And if I don't, then we'll talk about it some other time. They all plotted, the enemy plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. That word confusion there in verse eight, it also means uh, to stir up trouble or divisiveness. Stir up trouble or divisiveness. Think about, think about confusion. Think about when you, when you had your last conflict What's going on there? You're, you're, you're coming from this angle. They're coming from that angle. What's going on? Well, you're confused ab- about what's happening in the communication. There's confusion. There's trouble. Also, there's divisiveness because you're divided. There's division. That's the key word we want to talk about. Confusion and division. I think the enemy's ploy against the body of Christ, the Big C church, is to create confusion because that confusion causes division. And if we look back, uh, you can look all throughout Jesus' Jesus's life and ministry, he talks so much about unity. Okay? So, what is division? Uh, division simply means um, multiple visions. So, division has a root word that that di um, part before vision comes from from the Latin, and it means to separate. It means to cleave. Uh, that's an interesting word, by the way, to cleave. Cleave. Um, one word has uh, directly opposing meanings. Uh, meanings. So, to cleave means to force apart, to separate, or um, a man like a cleaver, right? Uh, a cleaver is used to separate. Meat. but then also it says in Scripture it says that a man shall leave his family and cleave to his wife, cling to her, not cleaver her, but cling. I'm sorry, I know that took a turn, didn't it? I'm sorry, it just was up here. Um, But cleave to clean, so it's an interesting word. That's just a side note because I thought it was funny. Um, And so it means it means to. um, Let me find where I was. I made a joke and then and then moved on. So di means to force apart, to uh, to cleave or to divide. Okay, to to separate division, separate visions. Unity is uh, coming together in one vision. Division is multiple visions. Here's the interesting thing was as pastor John and I were talking about this message. In fact, um, he started, man, he was just throwing them. And I literally said, you're going too fast. I couldn't write it all down. Um, it was great. Um, he, he made, you made this point. He made this point that division, um, the enemy uses confusion and division. The enemy does not need us to be offended, angry, or aggressive. Just confused. That's all he needs. Our flesh will take care of the rest. We'll get angry. We'll get you know all that other stuff. But he doesn't. He doesn't need that. He just needs us confused. He just needs us not working well together. Um, the enemy doesn't need dissension, uh, disagreement, or discord. Just divided. That's it. We can have division. We can be. We can be on the same team. Uh, we can be. Uh, we can have the same goal but we have a different vision of how to get there. We're working together. We're friendly, but we're working against each other because we're not aligned in the same vision. Therefore, as a team, we have less power. How amazing is it that Jesus talks so much about our unity? He wants us unified. Uh, we see this ploy. We see this ploy in the very beginning. If you go to Genesis 3, verse 1, this is the first recorded encounter of the enemy of God and people, okay? And what, is this, what, is, what happens there? In verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? Confusion. Did he say? Are you sure about that? Anybody else been there? I'm supposed to go do this. And then, you know, you're getting there and it looks hard, difficult, uncomfortable, inconvenient. And then you're like, man, I don't know. Do I, I really have to go do that? Just me? Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. If you knew, it's, it's daily, daily. That's the ploy of the enemy. God gives us something to do, and we should go do it. And when we get there, of, co- of course we're going to get there. And there's going to be questions as to whether or not we should continue. Of course there is. That's what the enemy does. Because he knows that if we have the vision of God, and we step into that vision, and we, we have not only uh, our own abilities, but now we have the backing of the Almighty moving through us, accomplishing more than we could ever dare, dare to ask, hope, think, dream. So what does he do? He just, he doesn't have power over us. He'll just create confusion. And, and if you follow that story out, um, you know, he just created confusion and division from God's vision, which Adam had and, and Eve, you know, she takes the fruit and then, oh, she's fine. She didn't die. So now Adam, you know, he, he takes the fruit and he eats it. And then God comes down and goes, what did you do? And what happened? Adam said, Well, the woman you gave me, now they're angry, aggressive, finger pointing, right? Enemy didn't do that. Adam did. How many of our conflicts actually aren't, there's not anger present. We just had enough confusion to get divided, and then we get offended because you're not looking at what I'm trying to do here. You're doing your own thing. Well, but now you're doing your own thing, and you're not listening to me. Division. It's so simple. We need one vision, one vision, and God tells us how to get it. It's so cool. Scripture is completely perfect, it's amazing. It's so good. God always gives us the answer. Okay, great, Aaron. Uh, You want to get there? Sure, let's get there. So in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Hang on one second. It says this. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. So that word vision there actually means where there is no divine vision, where there is no godly revelation that 's what that word vision means there. so where there is no godly vision, where there is no godly revelation, the people are unrestrained. What does that mean the word the word unrestrained essentially means if you study it out and you and, and you look at all the different uh, definitions of that original word, it means that people become I'm sorry, people take the place of God in their lives. That's what that means. Where there is no godly vision, where there is no godly revelation, the people take the place of God in their lives. Let's make it a little stronger. Where there is no godly revelation, godly direction, godly, godly vision, the people have themselves as their idol. We become our own God. And then we're working against each other because we all have different ideas of what we should be doing. And God's like, if you would just listen to me, I'll give you the vision. You'll all work together. I made you all different so that you can do it different ways. I gave you all different strengths, different weaknesses. I want to use all of that to accomplish this goal. And all I need you to do is listen to me so that I can tell you what to do. And you'll come together united in that vision and when you come together united in that vision, I can completely turn the world upside down and make it, well, back in the original, in, in Genesis, go and take dominion of the whole, whole earth. Spread, spread God's glory throughout the whole earth. That's God's, that's God's plan from the very beginning. And that's what he wants to do. And all we have to do is get godly revelation, godly understanding, godly instruction, and be obedient to that. And then when we're working with people and there's a different point of view, instead of us going, well, no, that doesn't line up with what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, actually, we work together. and go, Okay, well, I've been doing this. I thought God wanted me doing this. You're doing that. How does that work together? Like, now we're actually trying to work with each other, united in the goal, united in the vision that God's given us. And now we're coming together to be united, trying to figure out how these visions work together because it's one vision, It's God's vision. And then all of a sudden we see lives change. My prayer for the last two or three months has been that in Acts chapter two, um, it says, I'm getting ahead of myself probably, but I'm going to put it in here anyways. It says that awe, fear, terror came upon all the, all the saints and many signs and wonders were seen were done through the apostles. That's Acts chapter two. My, that's been my prayer for the last two or three months. I actually believe that's the prayer that that God has asked me to pray. I thought it was just me because I wanted to see cool stuff, and then the more I think about it, no, actually, I think it's God saying, "No, this is really what I want to want to do in the world. I I I want to move as only I can move, but He needs us united. I um, have a have a quick story, and then I'm gonna. Going to wrap up. It's very quick this morning. Quick story. I have a friend, um, a very very close friend, uh, probably one of my best friends in the whole world, and um, uh, we saw each other down here at the Walmart convenience store. And uh, I was kind of giving him a hard time, and and then I uh, I said, "Man, how's your day?" He just didn't look like himself. I said, "How's your day?" He's like, "Man, it's, it's actually tough." I uh, <clears throat> I there's something going on with the work that could literally cost my company thousands of dollars. And, and, um, and so I'm sitting there and listen, this is not because I'm it's, this has nothing to do with me. Is that fair? Can we just, can I just tell the story and preface it with like, I'm not telling this story because of myself. Cause I'm just not. And so he's telling me that. And I would honestly, I would never normally do this, but in that moment I said, well, let's pray right now. We're at the gas pump in Walmart. Let's pray right now. And I, I would probably like, man, I'll be praying for you, and then walk off, and you know, maybe I would remember, maybe I wouldn't. But in that moment, I was like, no, let's pray right now. So we prayed together, and within I think three or four hours, it was resolved. Thousands of dollars did not have to be resolved. I actually, took a changing of hearts and think for it to be changed for for it to be resolved and be okay and everything be okay, and that's what happened. Now, here's why I tell you that story, um, and we're going to see it here in a minute. Is this is one of my best friends. He knows things about me that no one knows except for my wife. He and I are united. We, we, we and we came together because, because we're friends, because we have community. And in that moment, we prayed. I, I, I didn't think anything about it. I just thought, well, God's being God. And as I'm preparing for this message, the Lord said, no. I answered that prayer because you guys are united. That's what I'm trying to say. It's about community. Common unity. It's about not being div- divided, having division. It's one vision, one goal. That's, that's, isn't that cool? That's why God wants us to be united. <clears throat> so, how do we get God's vision? Well, we're in a series called Pray First, so we pray. There you go, we tied it all together. How do we get God's vision? We pray. And we pray some more. And we pray some more. We continue praying. That's how we get God's vision. We hear God. We get godly vision. We get godly instruction, godly direction. And then we can work together and be united. So I want to give you four simple things of a way again. Today's been you know how to how to build your life on prayer, and the message has really been we need to do that because this is what allows us to stay unified. That's how that's how we have strength. That's how we have power is in unity, not confusion, not division, not multiple visions, one vision. So what do we do? Okay, well this whole series is about uh, number one, making prayer a priority. That's number one. Make prayer pray. We. You know, actually, I, I think when we commit our lives to the Lord, we, we have to pray. Because why? If we don't pray, we don't get godly vision. And if we don't get godly vision, now uh, we're unrestrained. We take the place of God in our own life. So we have to pray. We make it a priority. That means we have to reprioritize. In my head, that's what I keep hearing. Reprioritize. Number two, this was last week. We have to find a place to pray, just like Moses set the tent up and he he put it outside the camp. It took effort for him to get out there. It took time. It wasn't convenient. And then it took the discipline to go. God, I need to meet with you. Number three, have a plan for prayer. Okay, this is... Like, we're going to have a plan to, to, to pray. Put it on the calendar. Mike Bickle, I don't know if you guys know who Mike Bickle is. I was reading a book of his. He, he has established 24-hour, uh, it's been going on for 15 or 20 years, 24-hour prayer rooms. They never stop. You can go online and you can watch them right now. There, there's someone there worshiping and praying. And uh, he started this prayer movement. And he, and he says this. He says, I schedule a calendar. Times to pray. And do I always find, do I, do I always pray in that time? No, because sometimes life happens. But what I found is I pray 70 to 80% more than I did prior to having it on my calendar. So you pray more if we just calendar it. And you might think, well, Aaron, that's not very spiritual. Like I'm going to sit down at nine o'clock and pray. Like maybe I should be more spiritual. Well, a little free advice. Um, uh, if you want to be romantic with your spouse, schedule a time to go out. Well, that's not very romantic. That's pretty, yeah, but how many of us have not scheduled time and then you look up and it's been six months since you guys have had time together? So you put it on the calendar. It's not unromantic, it's not unspiritual. It's, no, God, this time is important enough. Everything else gets on my calendar. You should have time on my calendar. Make a plan for prayer. And we're reading pray first. You have models of prayer in there. You you, you can put it on the calendar, and now you have models to follow. It's, it's amazing. And then number four, pray powerful prayers. Pray powerful prayers. Here's the thing. I'm reading a book called, And the Place Was Shaken. And it's, and it's how to lead a powerful prayer meeting. And in that book, he goes through the book of Acts and he, he shows God moving in power. And he points out the pattern of what the people were doing and what God did. What the people were doing, what God did. What the people were doing, what God did. All throughout the book of Acts, here's what they were doing they were together, they were in community, they had common unity, they were friends. They helped each other. They ate meals together and they prayed together. And God said, I'll move there. I, I can be God there. I will shake the, he literally shook the world, caused wind, winds to blow. He did so many crazy things that are almost impossible. They are impossible except for him, right? Almost unbelievable. So we need to get together. We've got to be together. Now, I happen to be the group's pastor. So I'm going to talk about it because it's coming up. So you're welcome. Get a little bit of a commercial. But it's important. And I'll say this, and maybe this will be my last time preaching. I don't know. I I, uh, I don't care anything about growing a small groups program. I don't. And actually, I don't think they do either. They could give they could give less than to have a successful small groups program but what we know is and when we get together in smaller groups there's community the most ministry that happens the declaration happens in small groups i'm not talking about the small groups like the i'm talking about groups of people that happen to be smaller than this that's where the most ministry happens. That's where the most discipleship happens. That's where we grow the most. That's where we go when we're going through it and we have nowhere else to turn and we have people sitting there right beside us and going, that's okay, I got you today. We'll get through today and then we'll face to on. So it's important and they're coming up. In fact, next week, next week is Group Sunday. That's when the directory opens and you guys get to sign up. It's not too late to lead a group. You can still lead a group if you have gone through dna1 dna2 i'm encouraging you right now to pray god would you have me lead a group it's not about being an expert it's not about knowing anything all it is is bringing people together and providing a place where you can pray for each other and encourage each other in the lord to take that next step that's that's it that's all it is so i want you to pray about that we have a couple of different kinds of groups we have prayer small groups that you can join and you can go and you can pray, learn to pray, practice, pray, pray for each other, pray for the church. You can go and pray. We have interest groups. We have, we have marriage groups. We have all kinds of groups. We've got a whole curriculum called freedom, freedom groups. You go and it's a Bible study and the community that you get in freedom is like very few others. And you get in freedom, and you and what it's a it's a Bible study within community where you learn that God has made us free, and you learn how to walk in that freedom. We've got groups for everything. I'm telling you. And if we don't, and you're like, well, you do you have this kind of group? Nope. You should lead it. That's how the conversation will go. Don't be scared. Come tell me about it because I want to hear about it. We've got it. We've got to get together in that unity. Because God will move. God will move in power when we're together. The enemy's ploy is to try to create confusion and division. And God says, no, 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 you just need one vision. You need mine. And when you have mine, you will will change the world. That's it. Super simple. Super simple. It's just taking the time to make the priority. I wanna pray, we prayed first, I wanna pray right now. And and then we're gonna stand and the team's gonna lead us. We're gonna have prayer partners over here on this side. Um, you guys can go ahead and make your way now. Um, also, you can come forward. The team's gonna lead us in worship. My goal is that you'll just respond, you'll just respond to what God is saying to you. Whatever it is. If If it's to go and get prayer, they're gonna pray simple prayers of faith and we're just gonna trust that God can be God. And then you can come forward and pray here if you'd like to spend time alone. Someone may come and pray over you. But just respond, okay? If you would, please stand. Father, we thank you that you're good. We thank you that you never you never leave us nor, nor forsake us. We thank you that you have vision and let's just say purpose and destiny for every person in this room, Lord. I'm asking to pour out your vision. God, let me, let me say this too Lord, if there's, if there's other people in the room that are like, I'm not sure I even like to pray, Lord would you would you pour out the desire to talk to you? it out to where all of us know that we must talk to you and that our day is incomplete without talking to you would you move that way would you you help us to come together in unity God we come against the confusion of the enemy in Jesus name and we ask that you bring us together we bless you this day Lord We give you all the praise and all the glory.
0: Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe today you need to take the next step in your faith, whether that be giving your life to Christ or maybe you would like prayer and need to be contacted by one of our pastors. In the podcast description, you will find a link to our website and a link to an online connection card. And if you feel led, there will also be a link there where you can give directly to the ministries of declaration online. We would love to hear from you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.